0: Hello and welcome Hi. back to Sinister Sisters. I'm Yay! Scott, and I'm joined by my co-host Shrimp. And today is Soapbox <laughs> Sunday.
1: <laughs> Yay! It's Sunday. Yay.
0: Well, in recording time it's not, but
1: don't tell Sundays them that.
0: Sundays are great.
1: Don't break the fourth
0: wall. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, look. The sun. Yes. Sun patterns. So today, what we are going to be talking about. So we're going to really break down the 40-hour work week and, and examine how it is failing everybody, especially women. Nice. Because we hate capitalism around here. We do. We do, we do. So the 40-hour work week was initially pioneered during the Industrial Revolution. Initially, what it was was actually limiting the number of hours that children aged 9 to 13 could work at a factory. And that bill was signed into law in the United States in
1: 1833. Nice.
0: The 40-hour work week for adults was brought into U.S. law in 1940, and it was often credited as Henry Ford's idea. He's often like quoted as saying, eight hours of labor, eight hours of recreation, eight hours of rest. That's like the ideal
1: <laughs> life. Per day? Per day, yeah. I can't do math, but that doesn't seem to vibe with me. Well...
0: That's exactly twenty four hours. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this is a really great thought, especially for individuals who have no household responsibilities to take care of. In the nineteen forties, most individuals in the workforce were men, and many men had wives or mums at home that would take care of the domestic labor side of things, you know, cooking, cleaning, fixing their socks, and sewing buttons on their shirts and things like that. Women took on workloads of their own within the home for an equivalent, if not greater, number of hours than those of their spouses or their adult children. This means that men were able to come home from their 40 hours in the factory or, you know, wherever, and have little to do but to rest and recharge for the next week. Unfortunately, in the 21st century, all of this unpaid quote, domestic labor, still needs to be completed, despite the fact that it is fairly uncommon for people to have a partner at home that stays at home full time. It's not feasible in this economy for most people under the age of, like, 60. (laughs) 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 Since the reality at the time when the 40-hour work week was pioneered was that, uh, you know, very few women worked full time outside of the home, Work hours themselves were created to best match men's productivity levels. So men are on a 24-hour hormone cycle, while women are on a 28-day hormone cycle. This means that really only half or less of the working population currently are working with their physiology by working the traditional 8 or 9 to 5 hours. In the 24 hour testosterone cycle, the morning hours when men wake up, you have a spike of testosterone and cortisol, which is a stress hormone. This causes an increase in energy, focus, productivity, and communication. In the afternoon, testosterone levels drop. This puts men in the mood to socialize and connect with other people. In the evening, testosterone levels diminish and estrogen levels rise to be more prominent. This causes the desire to relax, lay down, quiet the mind, that sort of thing. Mm. So the eight to five working schedule really fits the needs and feelings of men. Um, You know, you can be really productive in the morning, do more like meetings and, and, you know, socializing in the afternoon. And then in the evenings, when you're ready to go home, you're ready to relax.
1: God, it's so nice. It must be so nice to be a man. I know. (laughs) The whole entire world is
0: literally built for them. Literally, <laughs> literally, yeah. Um, so this often leads women to find themselves feeling burnt out and really tired, miserable with this traditional work schedule. And it's really time that we analyze why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so women are on a 28-day cycle of hormones, which means women's energy isn't static day to day like men's is, or at least. In theory, of course, you know, men do have bad days as well. They're not (laughs) superhuman. So, yeah, the energy levels of women are different depending on where a woman is in their cycle. And each phase of the cycle, there's four phases, will bring a different set of skills, different moods, things like that. And we'll talk about this a little bit more in depth towards the end of the episode. But at the end of the day... The system of being an employee was designed by men, for men, and it was designed 80 years ago. We don't...
1: The 1940s was 80 years ago? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Jesus fuck. (laughs) I know. Um, In 1940, we had a lot less technological advances as well than we currently have. So this means that this kind of old-style working manner is detrimental to everybody. So not just women, the system itself is set up to favor individuals for whom work is the number one priority, individuals who have no home responsibilities or somebody else to take care of the home responsibilities. It's really designed for people who can dedicate their whole day and their whole life to their jobs. And so this really affects anybody who wants to enjoy things outside of employment, (laughs) Not allowed. Nobody wants, wants to, to work hobbies. these days. <laughs> <sighs> um, men who maybe want to have an active role in their kids' lives—almost impossible. Illegal. Single people who have to brunt the entirety of their financial and home duties. Hey. And um, basically, anybody who really just sees employment as a means to pay bills, and it's not their identity.
1: How dare they! How dare you not consider your job to be the most important thing in your whole entire life.
0: (laughs) So the modern working day was built to suit the body clock and the circumstances of middle-aged men. It's outdated. It's inefficient. It doesn't work for women or for current lifestyles. The nine to five is only achievable if you have no children, have a spouse that doesn't work. You earn enough, more than enough to afford childcare. Or you don't really care what happens to the safety of your children and you're happy enough to just leave them in a corner somewhere for eight (laughs) hours a day. Um, (laughs) It's no wonder that according to a YouGov study from 2018, that just 6% of people in the UK work the traditional nine to five hours. Hmm. Schedules in the 21st century are unpredictable especially when it comes to things like childcare, health, education. And we really need to be looking to have workplace standards catch up to allow for greater diversity. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. Especially when you think of careers that um, you would need to traditionally spend all this time in the workplace. So leadership roles, like high level positions, things like that, you need to be more Mm. flexible. Of course, it's not that easy to actually dismantle the patriarchy. I feel like we've been um, <laughs> been trying, trying. for a long time. Um, so what are leaders in this space actually suggesting would be a good resolution to this issue? So in a recent study conducted by Work, a platform that measures analytics impacted by workplace flexibility, seventy percent, 70%, so 70% of women who dropped out of the workplace said that they would still be working if they had been able to work more flexible hours. Hmm. It seems like flexibility and maybe reduced hours are kind of the key here to improving equality in the workplace. Case studies repeatedly show that when hours are reduced, productivity rises. Working a four-day week does not mean working less. It just means that you work more efficiently in the time that you have. So you spend less time browsing on the internet at work and you actually do the work during the work hours because that's all you've got time for. Yeah. This is especially um, evident in a world where many tasks can be automated or at the very least there are lots of tasks that take a lot less time than they had done previously. So for example, um, I know somebody who was saying that his mum... Um, was doing this spreadsheet thing and it kind of automatically calculated it for her and it only took her maybe like an hour or two to do something that would have previously taken her probably the entirety of an afternoon or maybe even a whole day Mm. Um, so there's no reason why we need to be stuck in our offices for as long as it would have taken to do the work manually if we're not doing the work manually. Employees who work fewer hours report an increased sense of well-being, better physical fitness, improved relationships with friends, partners, and children. It's good for business because we're more productive, and it's also good for the people themselves. A reduction in the working week could also mean not necessarily just working fewer days, but also possibly working fewer hours spread over, you know, a traditional five-day week. Some people might prefer to work six hours a day so that they can do like school pickups or, you know, elder care, maybe in the mornings, things like that. And this also, I think, is a common misconception with the four day work week is that all of a sudden everyone would start working Monday to Thursday. The world would shut down Friday to Sunday. No one would work those those days. (laughs) But that's not true flexibility could mean that people have a day off midweek so like a wednesday or a thursday off people working maybe instead of monday to friday working friday to monday and working their four days there there's like any number of combinations that could be done to make people work four days and (laughs) already lots of people work non-traditional hours so work the weekends work the evenings things like that and that doesn't mean that would stop it just means it would maybe change a little bit for the individual person (laughs) you could still get your mcdonald's breakfast on sunday when you're hungover and you're coming to listen to sinister sisters podcast hell yeah (laughs) also a benefit of working four days a week is that when you spread these additional days off across a business it means that there are about 20 percent fewer people traveling to work which creates fewer emissions lessens the impact of rush hour traffic and also for offices themselves, it would mean that you would be using less electricity. And those are all really great things for the environment. We really saw during the COVID lockdowns in 2020, what a big impact daily commuting has on the environment. I heard stories of people who lived in, I think maybe it was Beijing, something like, like one of those giant cities um, in Asia. And there were people who had been born and raised in that giant city who had never seen the sky before. Because there was so much smog previously, Holy. and so once the lockdowns happened, the smog lifted because there was less less traffic and less obviously production as well happening. And yeah, these adults saw the uh, saw the sky for the first time in their lives, which is
1: oh my beautiful. god, yeah, it's beautiful. It's also okay. kind of dystopian, a little bit. Yeah, I think I would yeah. like disassociate hard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> also, the phenomenon of working less hours isn't specifically related to only those like traditional white collar office type people that you often think of and you hear people discussing about. This also works really well for other, more traditionally like high hours type of um, positions. So, in two thousand and three the U.S. Accreditation Council for Graduate Medical Education implemented a policy that was designed to reduce fatigue and stress among medical residents. Medical residents traditionally work really long hours. They're very overworked. So in 2003, they capped the average work week for medical residents at 80 hours a week, Hmm. mandated at least one day of rest per week, and limited the maximum shift length to be 30 hours.
1: I can remember watching an episode of Grey's Anatomy where that was implemented. Mm-hmm. And freaking Christine Yang is like, what do I do with my life?
0: Dude, 80 hours a week is still so much. It's still yeah. too long, in my opinion, to have people so many fucking with lives hours. in their hands. And working 30 hour, a 30-hour shift is crazy. Yeah, However, it's much better. And it's quite it was quite a drastic change to... Um, what previously had been sort of the standard. And so there was a study done based in both the pre and post reform data from the U S government, professional medical organizations and medical education schools. And it tracked female participation rates in different medical specialties before and after the first reduction in work hours due to the lowering of the resident work week hours, the share of women entering historically time intensive specialties increased increased significantly so things like general surgery um specialty surgeries things like that nice so also this reduced work has been proven to impact other workforces as well and to bring more women into these like traditionally male-dominated fields that also coincidentally happen to be traditionally high-paying fields
1: The spice,
0: (laughs) (laughs) increased job flexibility and reduction of work hours, obviously benefits men as well. But since women bear much of the childbearing, childcare responsibilities, research suggests that the work hour reductions would be a very powerful tool in closing the gender wage gap.
1: Nice. Yeah. What do you mean that doesn't exist? I every woman I know is paid the same as me, and because I don't see it happening, it doesn't happen sorry
0: yeah i mean the wage gap is very complicated it's not quite um just the like equal pay for equal work type of phenomenon although that does obviously exist but a lot of times it's these like societal things where women choose lower paying positions because they know that it will give them the time to raise their children or to take care of their elderly parents or clean their fucking toilets you know <laughs> Yeah. So, speaking of the wage gap, previous studies have found that unpaid housework and caring for children, uh, when that's accounted for, women actually work longer hours than men on average, and this longer work time has been linked to poorer physical health. And so, as a result, women are much more likely to take part-time work or lower-paid jobs like I was just saying, in order to juggle their childcare, elder care responsibilities. Women aged 45 to 54 are four times more likely than men to have reduced hours due to caring responsibilities. More women may take up full-time career ladder type of jobs if they have the flexibility to ensure a healthy work a healthy work life balance, (laughs) which closes the pay gap, which we love. Which we love. We love women over the world yeah, fuck men in a kind way we still appreciate men for what they do we don't hate all men some men do deserve rights some men most men a lot of men so we consider our attitudes towards gender inequality to be very progressive and more progressive than ever but the fact remains that society, the framework of society was developed by men and for men. And I really enjoyed this quote from an article that I was reading while researching. And it says, while women may get a seat at the table, the chair was designed for men. I think that just yeah wraps it up nicely. Yeah. So something that some women have taken to doing where it's possible is something called hormone hacking. Um, so this is when you work with your 28-day cycle instead of fighting against it to fit into the 24-hour schedule. Our bodies give us a master plan for producing life, as well as for organizing our life. By syncing our professional life to our female cycle, it allows us to be more efficient, productive, and to stay in the peak creative flow, says Dr. Gaithera, a double board certified physician in OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine. Nice. So first, just a quick explanation on what exactly hormones are. So hormones are this like very sophisticated chemical substance which helps us to mobilize our bodies. Each of the hormones in our body serves a vital task, but they never operate alone. So they might take the lead sometimes, but they always operate in groups. And they form like a chemical cocktail, basically, which triggers our internal and behavioral responses. Cute. Hormones are secreted into the bloodstream. They cause behavioral changes in cell tissues, organs, and muscles. And they're usually made up of proteins and are produced by our endocrine glands, which are located throughout our brain and body. Nice. So women's hormones have four phases. The follicular phase, ovulatory phase, luteal and menstruation. Each of these phases have different hormone levels and mean that women are better at different things at different points of their cycle, especially since, if you remember, the hormones cause actual physical changes to our cell structures, so it makes sense why we feel different at each different stage. So for example, creativity peaks during the follicular phase, and this is often where a time when you'll feel most productive and most open to trying new things communication and collaboration increase during your ovulatory phase. And during the luteal phase, you'll feel most able to complete projects and feel powerful. So when people use this like hormone hacking thing, they will intentionally schedule, for example, uh, meetings during their ovulatory phase, because they're most open to collaboration at that time. And so really using their knowledge of how they're going to be feeling day to day to organize their lives. And so, I'm not trying to fit meetings into every afternoon like men are able to do. Hmm. Um, so, I'm not necessarily sure that this is like the best answer to what we're looking for. Um, but it is kind of a good filler that we can use until we're able to actually act on real changes at the national and global level to the employment system. Hmm. And obviously, it's not for everybody, not everybody's able to do these things um, because a lot of um, upper execs are men so you have to work within their schedules Love that (laughs) Love that Questions? Concerns?
1: Um, I would just like to say that when we were talking about filling in set hours at work um, I work in a marketing role which is project-based most Mm. of the time. And I have found myself personally wasting time. Um, So the project could have been done a few hours ago, but I have to fit my 8 to 4.30 with things. So I could have done it before lunch, but I drag it on until after lunch because I have to fit that time. And I think that's pretty common in, like, project-based workplaces.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I agree.
1: It's funny that because I work, like, specifically in social media marketing, Mm -hmm. and it's really funny because my um, when I'm wasting time, I'm still working because, yes, I'm scrolling on TikTok, but, Mm. you know, I have to be on top of the trends. And to do that, (laughs) you have to be on TikTok. There you go do not tell my boss that. <laughs> Unless they listen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's well known. We were talking about it the other day at work. And I'm like, yep. people walk by and I'm scrolling on Instagram and they're like.
0: <laughs> You're just doing community engagement.
1: Yeah, there's that too.
0: Speaking <laughs> of Instagram, um, you can follow our Instagram at SinisterSisters.podcast. Our TikTok at Sinister Sisters Podcast. Yeah. We have video versions of our episodes on YouTube at Sinister Sisters Podcast. And all those links are in the description box, the show notes. We also have a case request form that you can use to request uh, topics that you'd like us to cover. And that is in the various places <laughs> down below Instagram, bio, etc. Yeah, so let us know if there's something specific you'd like us to cover we are always open to new ideas about what you'd like us to rant about or what you might like shrimp to um, thank you so much for listening today I appreciate it helping to support these two sinister sisters in maybe eventually being able to escape the nine to five (laughs) goals
1: wink wink (laughs) yay bye
0: bye